In partnership with Trauma-Free World, the International Network of Children's Ministry presents Trauma-Informed Children's Ministry, a podcast dedicated to equipping children's ministry teams in order to elevate trauma-informed care of kids and families in the church. We believe children's ministry is the most futuristic and strategic ministry of the church. When you're on the front lines of this key ministry, you need to be informed about how to effectively serve today's kids and equipped to create environments where all kids can meet with Jesus. And preparing you to do that is what this podcast is all about. Are you ready? Let's dive in. My name is Michaela White, and I get to serve as the Executive Director for IMCM, as well as the host for this podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing how trauma impacts the child biologically with Julie Cooper and a special guest, Dr. Chris Corbett. We met Chris in episode two, where she and Julie spent time helping us debunk some common misconceptions surrounding trauma. It was so helpful, and it also really helps us to understand why this next conversation is critically important for us to dig into. This conversation will equip you to understand how trauma impacts the child's biology, and it sets the foundation to understand the way these impacts show up in behavior. To help us do this, Julie Cooper, who serves as the Senior Vice President of Training and Curriculum at Trauma-Free World, and I are thrilled to welcome Dr. Chris Corbett to our conversation again today. Dr. Corbett serves as the Children's and Family Ministry Specialist at Southeastern University and oversees their Master's in Family Ministry program. She has her doctorate from the AG Theological Seminary, focusing on emotionally healthy spirituality in children and is a passionate advocate for the flourishing discipleship of kids and families. Chris, we're really happy to have you back with us again today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Michaela. It's great to be back. So Julie, I wonder if you'd share with us just a personal experience of how understanding the pervasive impact of trauma amplified your compassion and transformed your approach to a child. Absolutely, Michaela. You know, there's so many I think of so many stories I could share, but I'm just going to go super personal and go right to my own home. Um, so I I have uh, two children who were adopted through foster care and um, a handful of biological children. And we were always just kind of us. I never really considered the unique needs um, that my kids who had come from these difficult backgrounds had brought with them. And as a matter of fact, we our, our whole family, we all moved to the mission field and we were all just kind of the missionaries together and the kids were the missionary kids together. And um, in my mind, I thought there was way more that unified us, which there was, um, than separated my kids' needs. However, I, I, as I learned about trauma-informed care, some things really stood out, especially between me and one of my children who had, if I'm just honest, kind of this love-hate relationship like I loved, loved to be with her. And sometimes I hated, hated to be with her. And in c- complete honestly, I know she felt the same way about me. We, we talk about it a lot and we actually share together a lot because we're passionate um, for other adults and kids out there to know. It, it's, not, it's not her with her own shame core. Like what, what's, what's up with me? I have these big emotions, these big behaviors. Other kids don't have them. There's something wrong with me. And I'm over here thinking, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm not parenting right. Or God called me to love the fatherless. And I don't have enough love. And I'm over here with my shame court. And we realize together, it's not me against her. It's not her against me. It's the both of us t- 
together against her past. And honestly, not just her past, my past too, because a lot of what was happening is we just triggered each other constantly. Hmm. Once we understood that pervasive impact of trauma, we started to understand where those emotions and behaviors came from. And we didn't project those personally onto each other anymore. Instead, we came together to understand together and put the focus where it needed to be. Something has happened and we want to move past that. So I love sharing about this, not just because of what I've seen professionally and throughout churches, but really what I've seen in my own home. Wow. That is incredible just to see it. It wasn't just about, you know, you in a church setting or a school setting, but it actually helped amplify your own parenting Absolutely. and how you relate to your own children. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, Chris, I would love to, to begin with focusing in on how trauma impacts the body as a whole, and then we'll dive into some more specifics. So could you just share with us a high level view of how trauma impacts the child's body and the ramifications of that for the child? Yes. Thanks, Michaela. Childhood trauma definitely has a tremendous impact on all areas of a child's development. It has the power to shape a child's physical, emotional, cognitive, social development, including like attachment and relationships and spiritual development, especially when that trauma is experienced like in early childhood or when it's chronic or complex. So looking at it from a very high level, which we'll barely be able to touch on, but it's really going to give us an idea that this really does impact all areas. So like cognitive or intellectual, when you think about that, um, and Julie's going to talk a little bit more later, I know about uh, what trauma does to the brain, but in terms of cognitive development and the structures of the brain, when, when children experience a traumatic event, there's a release of the body's main stress hormone known as cortisol. And it's like the built-in alarm system or that fight-flight response. And normally this hormone is very helpful. Its function is to save us when we're under stress. But the amount of cortisol in our bodies is, excuse me, the amount of cortisol in our bodies is driven by how much stress we're under. So when we're under a lot of stress, we have more cortisol. And what can happen is those high levels of that particular hormone can potentially cause cognitive problems that could have language development, judgment and decision-making could be altered. It can even lower IQs. Um, It can cause kids to have trouble thinking clearly, reasoning, problem-solving, which will really impact their cognitive development and kind of slow them down and put them at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, So it really has an effect on that part of their bodies. In terms of physical development, when a child experiences trauma, or always feels afraid, the immune system and the body's um, stress responses don't develop normally. And children may continually complain of headaches or stomach aches. Um, They may have difficulty sleeping. I think we can all kind of relate to that. You think about it, when we're under levels of stress, what usually happens? We usually have headaches or our body just, our physical bodies are designed to respond to that. And so it's the same with kids. And there's actually been a lot of research that has shown that children who experience trauma um, have a greater um, chance of developing heart problems, obesity, depression, and substance abuse um, even later on in life. So that cognitive and that physical trauma definitely has an impact. Emotional, I think this is the one that we probably think of the most when we think about 
trauma impacting a child's development. Um, but with the emotional side, it can cause a child to struggle with a, um, having a lack of self-awareness and self-management. They'll often have difficulty identifying, expressing, and managing their emotions. I mean, think about it like as adults, we know how to give words to what we're feeling most of the time. Sometimes it's hard, but most of the time we can understand it. But for a child who's just learning to do that, you add trauma into that and they're experiencing things that they are just not developmentally able to handle. And so it's amplified, I think, for them in terms of knowing how to identify that or put words to what they're feeling. So many of them might internalize their emotions or they might express them externally by exploding, becoming very angry. And their behavior can be very unpredictable because they just, they don't know how to manage. They don't know what to do with these emotions that they're not equipped to handle. And I think part of their difficulty in handling their emotions can be linked to the challenges that they have with attachment and relationships, which connects to social development, right? Um, we know that childhood experiences lay the groundwork for attachment and that secure attachment during the early years is the foundation for all further attachment. So when a child, especially a young child, um, trusts their parents or their primary caregiver, they learn to feel safe, protected, and they trust others. But when a child experiences trauma, this is often altered. And especially if that trauma was experienced from a primary caregiver or somebody that they really love, they'll develop like disorganized attachment and the world just doesn't make any sense to them. And so they, they don't learn to get their needs met and the foundation for their future relationships really becomes impaired. And as a result, children will often struggle with mistrust, withdrawal, even aggression towards others. They experience difficulty forming and maintaining any healthy relationships. And what's interesting is that when a child forms secure attachments, it develops the frontal lobe of the brain, which is responsible for us having empathy, understanding others, and communicating with others. And so with disorganized attachment, the child's brain learns that their needs may not be met by other people and that they can't trust other people. And so it has a great emotional impact. And when you think about that, you think about a child who has disorganized attachment because of the trauma that they've experienced. So their brain teaches them that other people can't meet their needs or that other people can't be trusted. And what we have to remember is that oftentimes the way that we relate to one another is the way that we relate to God. And so when you think about this impacting a child's spiritual development, there is such a huge connection for them. That trusting relationship between a child and a parent or primary caregiver forms the foundation for children to learn that God is trustworthy. And so you think about when a child has this disorganized attachment, if they learn that other people are not going to take care of them, then it's going to be very difficult for them to think that God takes care of them or that God is trustworthy because they haven't had that within the human relationships. Um, if they blame themselves for the trauma, right? Because sometimes a child might blame themselves for the trauma. They might feel that they're unloved. They might develop low self-esteem, that they're not worthy. And they're again, gonna, they're gonna project that feeling of low self-esteem onto their relationship with God and feel like, well, I'm, 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 I'm bad. I, I'm, you know, how can God love me? Mm -hmm. And so that connection really just kind of comes through in 
all of these areas and they're all interconnected together, that, that cognitive, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And when you think about it, I think part of, you know, being image bearers of God is that we're holistic. And so to think that trauma only impacts one part of a child's life um, will minimize how well we can minister to them because it's their whole being that is impacted. And it's all by God's design. Mm-hmm. It's all interconnected. And so they're going to have um, uh, struggles in every area of development. And some of that will even, you know, depend upon their age too. you know, younger children versus if they're a little bit farther in their development in adolescence. Yeah. What a, what an helpful high level view of this. And it just highlights the fact for me that when we say it has a pervasive impact, we're not exaggerating mm-hmm. there. Like you said, it's all connected in all areas of their development. And I know you, um, because of, you know, just the brain's <laughs> impact on our, our body, we reference that several times, but Julie, I'm wondering if you could focus in specifically on the brain and, um, how does trauma impact the forming and growing brain of a child? And, you know, what do we need to keep in mind about the effects of trauma on that developing brain? Yeah, absolutely. My own brain is exploding with all that awesome information uh, (laughs) that Chris just gave us. I'm imagining if you're listening to the podcast, like back it up and pause and pause and pause so much good information there. But as we, as we really drill down on to the brain itself, um, it's, it's really interesting to know that. So cortisol, that, that stress chemical that was just mentioned, um, it does its job well when it comes, helps us uh, respond to that threat. And then it, it is subsided by these other chemicals that come and they calm our brains down. But for kids who've had that chronic toxic stress, what happens is actually that high level stress response, it gets stuck on, if you will, and it stays on all the time, even when that child doesn't need it. That child doesn't need that hypervigilant, um, overreactive stress response when they're coming to your children's ministry. Your children's ministry is a safe place, but they don't feel safe because their brains are stuck in fear response. You know, and our brains at a very high level, they have really two major functions to keep us safe and alive and to help us grow and develop. But what we know is that kids whose brains are stuck in that fear response, all their business is about keep me safe, keep me alive. And so the amount of brain energy, the amount of thinking, the amount of empathy they have towards others, towards learning, it's really not there. And it's not because they're disinterested or they they came with a bad attitude or they came to ruin your day. It really is because their brains have been affected by trauma. Yeah, I think that that um, that stuck on is a really great phrase for us to keep in mind for these kids who are coming in to our children's ministry. Um, I've never really thought about it through that term, but I think Mm -hmm. it's helpful for us and our volunteers to remember that. Um, they are not coming into our ministries with behaviors or, um, you know, causing any kind of problems from the standpoint of they're coming in with that being their focus, they're stuck on in this stress response. And so, yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that visual picture to us. You know, if I could even offer one little phrase that we like to share with our, 
with our volunteers and our staff were say because of that stuck response, it's the work is really on us. I need to get we we say we need to get curious, don't get furious. Yes. Right? There is a meaning behind that behavior. And if I see willful disobedience, I'm gonna go to punitive kind of stuff. I'm gonna try to control behavior. But if I if I see um a, a child who's stuck in fear because of their past, I come in with empathy. I come in with more patience. I come in with more flexibility, um, which is just so important. Yes. That's so, so good. Um, well, I feel like we could talk about this for several episodes, <laughs> but to tie this up today, Chris, you know, we've discussed several major impacts today that trauma has on children. Um, would you just share with those that are listening what you feel like we need to remember as we close this conversation about how trauma impacts a child biolo- biologically? Yes. Thanks, Michaela. You know, I mean, I was thinking, and I'm sure our listeners too, so many scenarios running through my brain of things I've experienced on a Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And examples we could give. I think that While we all know if we've worked with kids for any amount of time, kids are going to be kids. And there are going to be times when they are just going to be wild and crazy and defiant and all of those things, right? They're kids. It's it's part of of it. But there's other times when they're going to respond in anger. They're going to have trouble concentrating. They're going to say something like out loud while you're preaching the Bible story that contradicts what you're saying. And they're just, they're going to act out in some of these physical ways. They're going to have a bad morning. And it's not always just because they're being kids. Yeah. It's because they're on that, that hypervigilant response they're on. Right. And something could trigger it. And so I would just say, I think that it's important for us to recognize we don't have to know all of the ways the body is impacted because that we're not trained for that, right? But right. to recognize that trauma does have an impact on all areas of a child's development. And when they're in our ministries uh, on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever they are, is that maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and say, mm-hmm. what could be going on in this child's life or what could they be experiencing in this moment that would cause them to respond the way that they are. And I think it's like Julie said, be patient, yeah, be loving, ask questions. And that, I know that takes time, but ultimately I think that that's where real ministry can happen when we pause and we take the time to try to find out what's going on in the lives of the kids and the families that we can minister to. Yes. Um, words that are standing out to me from what you guys have shared today is, is love is patient. Love is kind, long suffering. um, And just also recognizing how important it is for us as leaders who work with kids to be curious um, out of love and out of kindness about what's happening in these kids' lives. So thank you for highlighting all of the, all of this information for us today. Uh, We're so grateful for both of you and thanks for listening today, friends. We do hope that this conversation equipped you to elevate the trauma-informed care in your children's ministry. In our next episode, Julie and I will be exploring the facts surrounding how trauma shows up in a child's behavior. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
To learn more about INCM, you can get connected to what you need to serve kids and families at incm.org. And if you're ready to take intentional steps forward in trauma-informed care, connect to the resources from our partners at Trauma Free World at traumafreeworld.org. We're glad you joined us today and we are here to support you. Cheering for you always, friends.